Well, hello you. Hello beautiful trees. Hello blue sky. Hello sunshine that is finally back out. And hello handful of folks that listen to the Burning Tarot mini podcast starring T. That's me, your friendly local tarot reader. We're going to take a walk, slightly windy walk, so hopefully it will sound okay. Here's my feet. They're walking, walking on a red cinder road out into Deschutes National Forest. Now, this is a very glorious beginning of summer day. And in the time, or the last, in the last few weeks, the weather here has been, um, it's been springy. You know, it's been like thunderstorm. There's been some very cold days. We had a spate of summer weather, but then no, then we've got the freezing cold at night. Um, so it's been confusing. There's part of me that wants to rush right past this confusing part and just jump into the part where you know it's summer. It's going to be a hot day every day and you'll just count on that and start getting up earlier to take walks. That sort of sense of predictability and that glorious that glorious sense of hanging out in the sun. Now we pulled a card about six months ago now to be our guiding card from solstice to solstice. And as you may recall, we pulled the sun. We also pulled that same sun card in a, another one or two of our little readings. And so we've had many opportunities to talk about how the sun comes up and not only brightens things, but shines into the shadows and the shadowy corners. And this particular sun, for us on this particular journey, I felt to be especially attuned to that. That this time, the sun was especially about... Yes, some rejoicing, but also some turning over of stones that have been lying in the moss for a long time and finding out what sort of wriggling creatures were under there. And coming up this weekend, it will be the actual summer solstice. And so we will reach the apex of the sun being in the sky, uh, here in the northern hemisphere at least, for the whole year. And we will reach the apex and the ending of our six-month guide card, that sun too. So that's kind of exciting. We're once again at one of the big hinges of the wheel of the year. And so today I decided to draw a card before I headed out here into this sunny forest with the birds. Let's see if we can hear some birds. Do you hear that raven? Some little twittering things. Well, anyway, it is a really freaking nice day. 
And there's part of me that wants to jump over the confusing weather of spring. There's part of me that wants to jump over the confusion of my inner turmoil as well. And certainly of the societal turmoil around me. And just get to the good part where everything's fine. Whether that's about COVID or politicians or that's about my own feelings and my own moods. I have shared with you before that I am bipolar, or as apparently patients are preferring to phrase it nowadays, I have bipolar disorder. So the ups and downs that we all feel, um, I feel those to a much greater extent, and also have neurological things happen that completely change how I think, not just how I'm feeling, but where my energy comes from, how my body is, how I think. And that kind of radical version of that, I think, attunes me to the questions about moods in general. Not just for mood-disordered people, like those with bipolar, but for everybody. And that's what I think our card is kind of about, the card that I pulled. We pulled today, my friends, the Five of Cups. Now, Five of Cups is not a cheery card. In this particular version, which is the Golden Tarot by Cat Black, and again, these are beautiful, beautiful cards with a lot of gold and gold edges um, that she collaged out of medieval and Renaissance paintings. I think mostly early Renaissance. So the figures that we see sometimes echo the more familiar uh, positions and scenes that you might be familiar with um, from the Smith Rider Waite type of tarot decks. Uh, And sometimes they go their own way. Five of Cups in this one shows us a king or could be some kind of bishop or black-robed pope type figure. I'm not sure. But I'm going to call him a king. This king is wearing a golden and cream crown. Is definitely, you know, anointed by God to his position, for he has a golden coin halo. Halo shining around him. He looks to be, you know, maybe in his 50s with a little bit of a white beard, very fine features, not too wrinkled. He is wearing a black robe edged beautifully in gold. And he's got big fancy gold rings on too. And they are not helping him through the bad time that he is having in Five of Cups land. He is leaning on his right hand with his eyes closed, eyes reddened. He's sitting in a bit of a fancy chair that you could call a throne. And there are cups around him, five cups. Two of them are spilling their wine, which looks like blood, onto the floor. Three of them are upright. One of his monks, or something like that, but a fancy one, wearing fancy robes, Um, is kind of reaching over and gently holding his shoulder 
He's standing up and looking in a very concerned way at his leader or master. And he's got that funky, I called him a monk because he's got that, you know, shaved bald head on top with the big fringe of hair around it at the bottom. Someone who knows something about like medieval times and Catholicism and stuff, you can send me an email and tell me why I'm getting all this wrong. (laughs) But uh, I can't remember the names of these things. Anyway, so it's actually a very beautiful moment that these two are sharing. And the one whom I will call a monk, even though he's got a rich-looking robe on. The monk is, is looking with such tender concern at the king-like figure that you just really feel it in your heart. You go, oh, oh. And I think, I think the king bishop guy, like, he's been sitting here with his hand under his chin a long time. There is a, a shadow, and almost a silhouette, of a little angel in the background that seems to be raising their hands to their heads as though crying or going, oh! So even, even the angel is sad and darkened. Now, only two of the cups have actually spilled their contents. There's three perfectly good golden chalices of wine hanging out here. And at some point, the king will be ready to lift them up and drink. At some point, the king is going to move out of this depression or this state of grief. But the five of cards, five of cards, hmm, five of cups card is fundamentally one of acceptance. The king can't skip over his grief or sorrow or even boring old depression. He can't just be done with that part and look at the shiny side of life and leap up and dance a jig and stay in super happiness mode. He can't do that any more than I can skip the thunderstorms of spring. There's a progression going on. There is a journey that he is on. Now, solstice is generally a time of great celebration. The longest day of the year here in Sisters, Oregon, we gather at the community labyrinth. We do a labyrinth walk together. We have a little mini something or other of a gathering. Those of you who are local or in Central Oregon, please come on down. It's on the 20th. That's when solstice is in our time zone this year, around 8 8 or 8.30 p.m. for Pacific time. Whoops, we just had a little uh, moment of other humans coming down the same road. So I uh, took a little break, and now we are in a new location. I'm barefoot now, so I am walking, but you can't hear the crunching anymore. I'm just walking barefoot in this small area of the woods. Ouch, sometimes it's pokey. Anyway, yes, solstice gatherings, very nice. And we associate these, I certainly associate these, with bursting forth with happiness, with wearing flowers and playing pipes and a midsummer night's dream. Um, And our Five of Cups doesn't necessarily negate that. It doesn't make that sense of 
fun celebration and also uh, mystery and surreality, like not quite knowing what's real and what's fake, which is the Midsummer Night's Dream Shakespearean kind of story is in that tradition. So those are all wonderful solstice midsummer things to enjoy. I don't think our card suggests that we shouldn't have that enjoyment. But it does say there is still something to be accepted in the realm of our emotional being. And setting ourselves up for solstice means going ahead and having those feelings, acknowledging the ones that have even passed as well. Um, If you have had, as so many, so many people are struggling, right? Most of us have had, I mean, everybody that I've talked to has had emotional struggles of, you know, interesting, new, and often quite difficult varieties over the last year. So this card could say, well, let's acknowledge those and let's think of where we were last solstice. And as we gaze out at our spilled cups, it's important to go ahead and mourn what has passed, to acknowledge all the things that can happen in a year and all the feelings that can roll through. You know, our king here in the Five of Cups card, he reminds me a bit of the King of Cups. And the King of Cups represents mastery of our emotions. But in this card, I I feel like we're seeing, and yet what happens to the great King of Cups when something just terrible happens? When there is great loss? Well, he does exactly what everybody else does. He does what the peasant does. He does what the monk would do. He sits down and cries and looks around bleakly and rests his head on his hand. And he needs to look at the spilled wine. He needs to see it and acknowledge it before he can truly enjoy the next drink of the, of the wine that has not spilled. So Five of Cups has acceptance of loss in it. It asks us to accept the fact that there have been losses I think it asks us to name them, to name the losses to ourselves so that they're not lost in every sense. They're not buried, but that we admit to ourselves, here is what I have lost. And this could be you, say you watched um, an older relative lose a little bit more of their memory this year. Or you saw of friendship disappear. Or you saw yourself go through a transformation that you're very glad you went through, but it was horrifyingly difficult or maybe sort of embarrassing or maybe caused you to say some things you wish you hadn't said. Whatever it is, these are all losses taking part, taking place in an atmosphere where there has been massive change and massive loss, turmoil, struggle uh, because of what's going on politically, socially, pandemically. So the card here is urging us to go ahead and have this, even if we are a master, a king, 
one who truly knows what they're doing with their emotions, even if we are all that, our little dark angel needs to cry. And so do we. And it's this act of crying that lets us move on in our cycle. This act of having the grief, accepting that there has been loss, not keeping, uh, sometimes in our culture, there's a focus on, um, well, I'm going to, whatever, I'm going to manifest or I'm going to make the, the, see everything from the brightest spot possible. We do so much of that sometimes that we lose the real experience that we need to have. That real experience may be unpleasant. No wonder we're trying to plaster a smile over it. But, you know, sometimes um, 30 minutes of crying and two hours of walking alone and two hours of crying to a friend, like that whole process spread out over a week, that can be enormous in processing real grief or real loss. But you have to let yourself do it. We have to let ourselves have that time and space. And maybe we need to name the things that have been lost in order to give them an appropriate passage on. So I think what I'm going to do, and this is just coming to me right now, I think what I'm going to do on solstice on Sunday is I'm going to enjoy the usual celebratory vibe of summer solstice because I want to. And it's going to be a hoot. But I think I'm also going to use that, you know, remarkable occasion. Summer solstice happens but once a year. I'm going to use that to mark down some of the losses that I have taken this year. Even things that maybe I haven't put words around before. Even if I just give them one word. I'm a big fan of rituals involving just one word that you write down on a piece of paper. Where we live, it's not safe to burn those pieces of paper in a traditional bonfire. But um, maybe the night before solstice, that's what I'll do. Because I'm going to have a campfire with one of you. Hey, can't wait to see you. So that means thinking through what this year has really been. And writing down, it could be a sentence or a phrase or even just a single word. It could just say sorrow. It could be the name of somebody that you've um, lost in some way. It could be the name of somebody who's caused you pain that still lingers with you, even if you think, oh, I should be over that by now. Or that guy who used to be president, I should, I should be over that trauma. You might not be over that trauma. So what I'm going to do is actually take the time to name some of these things, to not be afraid of them, well, I say that, or at least to acknowledge my fear. Like, it's scary to sit down and process things. And it's exhausting sometimes to, to think of what we've lost, if there's been a lot. And you know what? For a nice white middle-class lady who's got it easy out in the woods, I've had a fucking year. I have a lot to list. I had a lot to lose. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be my... King of Cups self, who is unafraid to at least attempt mastery and depth of emotion. And I'm going to sit on my throne. I'm going to write these things out. And I'm going to burn them, either on one big list in the campfire, or one item at a time. 
I find that there is a great deal of magic in reading such things aloud, by the way. Um, and my, uh, my hope here is not to say I'm burning these things away and these emotions will disappear along with this fire or these people or these problems. I'm just going to acknowledge the grief. The fire will do some magic to the pieces of paper because that's how fire works. Fire is the element of deep, instant transformation. But I'm not going to dictate what that transformation might end up looking like. My hope is that taking the time to do these things will both deepen my heart and lighten it before I get to Sunday's solstice ceremonies. That was pretty good alliteration there. Sunday's solstice ceremonies. And I hope you have some little ceremony for yourself over the weekend. Or if you're local, join us down at the Community Labyrinth and Sisters on Sunday at 7.30 p.m. Well, I think that's about it. I think that's the message I've got for you and for myself. Let's acknowledge the loss and find the relationship between processing loss and having true celebration as we have a time of transformation, as we move from our springtime into our summertime. We, we enjoy summer. For, here it is. Here it is. And how can we open our arms to receive it? I think we can do so by acknowledging what has happened and, um, and not trying to deny it. That's my theory. I'm T. This is Burning Tarot. And out here in the forest among the ponderosa pines, I'm in a stand of young pines. And there are big black flies and there are little twirling ants. And there are bones, deer bones. And things feel quite still, though a couple of birds are chirping. And the wolf lichen here is growing very bright green from this special and blessed place. I'm going to say goodbye. Then I'm going to walk over to another special spot where I think I'm going to find some paintbrush blooming. It has always been called Indian paintbrush. I don't know if that's considered acceptable anymore. But if I can get a picture of it for you guys, I will. And that's where I'm heading. I hope that you have um, just a transformative but gentle weekend. That's what I wish for you all. Bye-bye.